Hey everybody, welcome back to Studio HFL. I'm Larry Powell, your host for this podcast. I'm glad you're back for another interview. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is made possible by the generous support of my new co-sponsor, Messina Covers. David and Erica design and deliver both high-quality customer service and products, both standard and custom. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And Messina is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-A-C-O-V-E-R-S. They offer their support through Patreon. Patreon is a funding platform where you can offer your financial support to this podcast, and your help will go towards hosting, production, and marketing fees. There are several tiers of support offered, and you can check out how you'd like to support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also offer support by providing comments and a rating on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you'd like to receive news regarding interviews, new guests, access to Studio HFL merchandise, please subscribe to the newsletter by going to www.powellmusic.net and click on the subscribe to newsletter link. And of course, Powell Music, P-O-W-E-L-L-M-U-S-I-C dot net. And now, on with the interview. So cool. I'm here with A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. Yeah, now, do you know the Key and Peele <laughs> reference to that? Have you seen that? I, I sure do. Yeah. I sure do. <laughs> guys are brilliant. Yeah, they are brilliant. <laughs> I so. hope everybody listening gets that reference. If you yeah. don't, uh, look up that sketch, A.A. Ron. Oh, my gosh. One of the best. Uh, one of the best ever. Of course, yeah, not safe for kids, maybe. but uh, Definitely not. Definitely stuff. not. <laughs> so, Aaron Rom, uh, welcome to my podcast, Studio HFL. I am honored to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I tell you what, uh, we, just so our listeners kind of know uh, our affiliation, how we met, uh, you and your uh, mother and father, who we'll get to in just a little bit, uh, came to the University of Indianapolis back in 2017 to do our very first, our inaugural trumpet conference. And what a treat. Um, you know, I, of course, I knew what uh, we were expecting with your dad, but I was absolutely blown away by uh, your mom's artistry and musicianship and you yourself. Um, well, you're no hack. <laughs> you're no hack at the trumpet. Sure. Don't believe everything you hear, Larry. <laughs> but uh, what a treat. You know, of course, to get to know all three of you that weekend was uh, was really nice and uh, so here I am talking to Aaron Rom and Aaron, uh, let's do this. Let's, let's get it out of the way. You're the son of a rather famous trumpet player. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, uh, Ronald Rom is, is my father. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to say that I grew up, uh, well, certainly listening to, but around the Canadian brass, um, he was a founding, a former and founding member of the, of the Canadian brass from 1971 until, uh, 2000. And, uh, so, you know, I, I, I have to say I had a pretty good example of, of what a trumpet can sound like, not should sound like, but can sound like. Um, and that's, that, that has been a really, really, uh, fun thing, certainly, uh, but, but helpful in my own trumpet journey. Um, you know, and, and, and. You know, I, I, I truly believe it's not in a self-deprecating way, but just getting started, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, at, at any stage is always, always something you can, you can gleam and, and work on and, and learn. Sure. So anyway, I had a really, really nice example of, of not just trumpet playing, but also stagecraft mm-hmm. and, and the, <laughs> the, the vibe going out to the audience and kind of shared experience, you know? So that, that to me was very powerful. It's, I think it's easy to point to, um, to just the music part of it, which was mm-hmm. the focus for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding the other elements to it of, you know, their, their own backgrounds too, mm-hmm. um, you know, on, on stage. So, you know, that was, that was a really fun thing growing up and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, I don't, I don't like to ride on that because I didn't do it, you know, but it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that, that it, it is a very strong part of my personality as a person and a trumpet player. Mm-hmm. Well, and then of course, Avis, your mom, uh, being the amazing, uh, pianist that she is, you, you were around that as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, she she she's quite a quite a lady. I think that's that's a really tricky thing when when you have uh, certainly we're we're discussing you know the, the Trump community here, but um, mom is is every bit the the superstar that that uh, that I, I imagine <laughs> dad mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, I, I think that she they had to make some choices. You know, when when they're uh, growing a family. And um, I I wouldn't trade it because you know I got to I got to grow up knowing that the dad was there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize until much later what he what the, what he did was kind of unique. Um, <laughs> silly as that sounds, it was <laughs> right. just no, no, you know. But <laughs> that'll it's come normal. back later. That's, sure that was completely normal for you, right? Com- complete. Well, it, knowing, I have to say that that it's it's an interesting thing because we we think about people that we admire. Right. And, and that we that, that we hold near and dear to our hearts and at the at the core of it, there's still people. Right. And, and I think it's it's awesome that what you've been doing is, you know, interviewing these trumpet luminaries. Um, and, and at the end of the day, while they're extremely good and gifted and talented and have worked their tails off to do what they do on a daily basis, everybody's still a person. Right. They might might be aliens. Who knows? But, you know, well, like no. outer space, you know, doing incredible feats on the on the instrument. But yeah. I think it's um, it was still people you know, and, and that's the really special part. So I, I got to grow up around a lot of really interesting people that way. And, and knowing that my parents were parents first mm-hmm. and, you know, the world class musicians um, as part of that, not second, mm-hmm. but as part of that. Is a really special thing. So, yeah, mom, mom has worked with some of the top people in, in the industry on, on the accompanimental side, and, and it's, uh, you know, whenever we, and I, and I don't, I'm choosing my words carefully here because I want everybody to get this. That when we play, it's it's not that we have to play; we get to play, mm-hmm. right? And that's how they that's how they truly see it. And I think that psychologically that takes off a lot of pressure mm-hmm. but really at the end of the day we all do what we do because at least trumpet wise <laughs> because we like it or there's something that, that that we enjoy and it calls us yeah. i want to come back to that aspect uh, that you're talking about right there the the privilege the like the honor of being able to to share uh what it is you do but i want to back up to something you said about um you know being real people and uh of course one of my early interviews in this podcast was with your dad and somebody who I held in high regard and still do, of course. Uh, but he might have been the most high-profile person I had interviewed at that point. And what I came away with was one of the most genuine conversations um, I could have. It was more than I could have asked for. And you know, the sharing of of cancer-related issues. Uh, we're both cancer survivors. And uh, your dad texted me. I, he, he asked me, when's your next appointment? And I told him. And he actually texted me during my appointment two weeks later to see how I was doing. And That's the type of guy he is. Yeah. That <laughs> it totally blew me away. Um, but that's what I found with practically everyone I've interviewed at this point is um, they're real people. Uh, they may do what they do extraordinarily well. Or in a very different way than than others, but uh, you know they've got a lot to offer, and some are just absolutely beautiful human beings. And so, you know, I say that about all three of you uh, that I know. But uh, let me let me follow that thread that, for just a second. You. you have a you have a brother, is that correct? I do. Older I or do. younger? Older, four years older. Um, so so uh, he works in clinical research. You know, and and he's he himself has a beautiful family, um, three daughters, and uh, you know I got to hang out with him for my parents uh, just a couple weeks ago for my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> <laughs> so it was a it was a nice thing. My my fiance came into town, and mm-hmm. it was a nice uh, a nice little little shindig, I guess you'd call it. But yeah. it was a nice time for us for us to be together. But anyway, yeah, my brother works in clinical research, and you know, interestingly enough, he he has perfect pitch. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, like absolute perfect pitch, mm-hmm. but he never he never uh, studied music. So to him, things were um, either right or wrong, right? <laughs> and he was he was not <laughs> he was never a jerk about it. You know, he yeah, he sure. too has has incredibly um, uh, incredibly vivid idea of what music can be. Mm-hmm. Right? So he um, 
it was it was funny. I guess my my parents got him a guitar at some point, you know, a few, just a few years back. And when we were visiting him, he's like, "Hey man, can you help me tune this up?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." You know. And uh, so we're, we're we're looking at a tuner, of course, which is you know the first mistake right there. But um, uh, we're looking at it, and I, I realized like, man, he can hear this stuff within one cent, yeah. like within one, like, maybe even less. And he's like, "Dude, it still sounds wrong." Um, but I, I was like, "Man, that's." Like, so tell me about this. What's, you know, I was trying to get inside his head about it and then right. not, not to play mind games or anything, but to figure out, like, you know, kind of empathize and, and right. understand what's going on. Right. He's like, well, you know, it, it this was before he had kids. Um, he, he says, you know, I, I have a tough time listening to symphony orchestras. Um, mm. I have a tough time listening to, to uh, vocal ensembles you know so in in since then i think you know with with just life you know he's kind of put that stuff aside it was never in a snobby way he never he never put it quite like that he's just like there are certain musics that he that called him and others that really didn't um so anyway he's a very very uh sensitive musical person yeah and and i think certainly his audience members that's what we want <laughs> but uh no he's he's a he's a great guy and, and uh he's always a a very gifted athlete. And, mm-hmm. and so his intensities as, as a, as a kid, as a youngster went into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always been very gifted musically. Cool. Well, what about you on the athletic side? I mean, uh, you, you play trumpet and you do voiceover work. Um, are you also, uh, a closet soccer player or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, try, try as I might. Um, <laughs> no, I, I grew up wanting to be like my brother. You know, so so I I, I tried the soccer thing as as uh, I had a coach in high school. He, he was um, I can't remember where he's from, but we'll we'll do the accent anyway. He, he takes me aside. I was always that guy that would stay after practice and run extra sprints because I was slow. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> he comes comes to me as like, yeah, and, uh, you're you're good uh, shooting, uh, good uh, passing, uh, but uh, how do I say, uh, you're slow. <laughs> and he just walks away. The guy just walks away after saying that. I'm like, all right. Thanks, coach. Um, so, never said you know that's. Um, I'm not expressing any baggage here. Right? No, no, no. Um, we can no, not at all. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so now I grew up studying taekwondo and martial arts. Have, mm. I, I I don't dare say that I am a martial artist. Um, I'm I'm an enthusiast, and I I have a deep respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the martial arts, and you know, not in a fighting way, but it has actually saved my life. Um, I think the the biggest thing that I've that I've learned is when to walk away and control mm-hmm. you as a person. You know, mm-hmm. so I've said plenty of stupid things in my life, just like <laughs> just like anybody. But I think you know, and if there's a situation that doesn't feel right, walk away. Yeah, just, you know, so that, that there's there's enough negative stuff in the world we don't need to add to it by right. thinking, yeah, I can take this guy. Right. Just just walk away. You know? So anyway, from the athletic side, it's always been you know, I, I in high school I. Uh, I decided I wanted to be a bro, you know, get, get, get big, you know, and all that stuff. And I did, you know, for, for my frame, I got up to about 200 pounds, which mm-hmm. was pretty big for my frame mm-hmm. of, of very little body fat. And then, and then, um, I realized I couldn't move. So Yeah. I realized it's like, okay, congratulations. You got there, but let's, let's get back to actually being able to move. So recently I, I moved back to Florida a few years ago and, and, uh, went back to the same, uh, Taekwondo studio that, that I grew up with. Uh-huh. And you know, the, they've, the masters there have always been my, my mentors and, and they, they welcomed me back and it was great. And you know, the, the grandmaster, this is, uh-huh. this gentleman is 78 years old and he still moves like a ghost. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he comes my first day back. I'm raining sweat. I am, I am, I'm about to fall over. And he looks at me and he says, you're not in high school anymore. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I said, okay, so this is, this is the next, the next step. Um, but that's always meant a lot to me. It's just the yeah. movement and the art form of it have, yeah. have always been really a beautiful thing for, for me. I never, never liked the, the, the contact or the competitive part of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been more about the art form and, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a self test, you know, just well, like trumpet playing. I have a brother-in-law who owns a dojo and teaches Taekwondo and uh, there's a stick fighting. I can't remember what it's, uh, what it's called. Um, but he uh, teaches that as well. Kali. Say that again. Kali sticks uh, or uh, something like that. So that's that's uh, a different it's art a form. modern arnis is what it is. Okay. 
I'm I'm actually not familiar. See what I mean about I don't dare call myself a yeah. real martial artist. But you know, he <laughs> he talks to he interviews basically anybody that wants to come to the studio, and if it's anybody who wants to learn how to fight, he doesn't take them into the dojo. Yeah, he said yeah. it's all about discipline and mm-hmm. mindfulness and yeah. and learning to do uh, learning to do, you know. And so mm-hmm. he he takes people in who are coming to do something uh, worthwhile. You know, of course you can use all of what you learn to fight, uh, but if that's your focus, I, I think that's why he doesn't take him. He's not trying to train ninjas, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but there's a lot to, to learn from martial arts other than just the fighting aspect, which you've described. Um, oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, that's pretty cool. I had no idea about, well, that's why we call this an interview, right? We're getting an, inter- an <laughs> interview of, of your life. Well, well, I had not thought of that one either. But yeah, yeah I, 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 there's such a strong connection to any of the art that we do that you know on 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 the trumpet that uh, is a, it's a really special thing. You ever thought about combining trumpet and taekwondo? You know, in 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 a way, yes. In oh my gosh, that was not a serious question. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no. So so a while back, I started releasing some some YouTube videos just as a joke, um, uh, but kind of parodies you know i I found myself with with some uh, you know finding other things to study you know so my own little cinema cinematography experiments Mm -hmm. um that you know i found that uh you know uh, as a person i don't know how much we want to follow jean-claude van damme but you know his (laughs) his career and all that stuff you know i i don't know that's that's neither here nor there but you know the the whole full split thing you know was always a very Mm. uh, funny thing for me so i i figured out that how to do that and and uh that, that i could and uh, so, you know, uh, adding that into into some of these videos, it's like, well, some guys can bench press three million pounds. I can do a full split. That's cool. So, <laughs> you know, putting that into playing while we do that. Right. Uh, so there are a couple a couple of those YouTube videos. No, that is not a plug uh, that are that include that little fun tidbit, three or four seconds, basically before I start to cry. Right. <laughs> and. So, so um, anyway, so in in terms of the the Taekwondo part, uh, I used to do as, as soon as I finished my my uh, DMA, I was I think like a lot of us uh, that go through a rigorous academic program, I was a little bit beaten down, uh-huh. you know, not not because it was so harsh. This is my perception of it. Mm-hmm. Right, looking back, it was actually quite a good thing, mm-hmm. um, but I it wasn't fun for me anymore. You know, trumpet was was something I had to do, and I I, I was always preaching to my students that this is what you get to do and all that stuff, and you know, perhaps I wasn't performing enough. I don't know, but um, I I said okay, so I know that the Canadian brass started with outreach and, and school concerts, right? Mm-hmm. And if I want to take my performing to the next step, I need I feel I need to be able to communicate on my own with the trumpet, with, you know, the trumpet and hand playing through music with a group of students aged from kindergarten to through high school, mm-hmm. right? Um, and hold their attention. And so thus began the experimental phase um, that, that I, I built a one-man show, and a lot of it there there was some, I wouldn't say acrobatics, but some things that kind of uh, mime-inspired things that did include mm-hmm some of the taekwondo uh, elements i should say mm-hmm. you know so it, it was a it was a very very man i, I remember the first the, the first show was just a complete flop and but i learned so much <laughs> learned so much about how to really communicate you know with 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 a group of students mm-hmm. right? and so you know from there i started building this 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 one-man show you know, and, and think of it what we want to try to make it as musically uh, having as much music musical merit mm-hmm. as we can. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's a little bit of that, but I try to do it in, in a way that's kind of mocking that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they actually come away learning something. Mm-hmm. Like that trumpet guy came in, he's doing splits and all this stuff, and he's playing well. There's all this, you know, that that they actually learn something and, and get pumped about music. Say, well, what was it that he played? Oh. It was this, and then they go find it on YouTube, ideally, right? So, so to answer your question, yes, the that I have incorporated it to to a small extent of what is actually feasible for a forty-minute one-man show. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, and and that's that's something that that I really love doing. It man, that was a 
physically, uh, sometimes emotionally, <laughs> uh, taxing. Uh, but it's a, one of those things that is really, really worth it because when, when an audience leaves with a smile, you know you've done something right in their lives. So, you know, a, you know how difficult thing. it is to make an unaccompanied trumpet piece uh, work because it's just you. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The, there are some really well-written unaccompanied pieces. But when you're talking about doing an entire program, of just you, <laughs> you know, yep. that you have to provide every element of that. I mean, the entertainment, you've got to engage them. You've got to entertain them. You know, at some point you're trying to educate. Um, it's, that's a lot to develop. How, when you took on that task of developing that program, did you start from a model? I mean, well, you had mentioned the Canadian brass, uh, of course, but did you start from a, a model, maybe even another one man show? You know, not not as much, not as much. Um, I I certainly looked at a lot of, um, believe it or not, Spike Jones, the mm -hmm. old the old. Mm -hmm. you, you can find a lot of that on YouTube. Of course, you can't uh, you can't do all that stuff because he had more than one person. But because that type of um, <laughs> almost frenetic energy that's that's going on, that was the the model of of um, the entertainment value mm -hmm. that I wanted to bring in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there, there was the uh, finding the, the mix between Mr. Rogers and mm. Spike Jones. And that's such a strange, <laughs> strange mixture there. It's like, Mr. Rogers, why? But I, I look at the, I look, you know, I grew up with, with Mr. Rogers and, and the man was a master of just keeping it even. Right? And, and there's always value in whatever he did. And it was just amazing to, to, to look, look back at these videos and say, like, this, I feel this generation also needs that, like, sitting back and just yes. listening and observing. And right? you know Not, how, how awkward it is to go back and watch shows from our childhood. That, I, I think, as you're talking about this, that particular show, Mr. Rogers does not feel cheesy when you go back and watch it. It's not like in, going back and watching Three's Company or some other ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sure. Mr. Rogers is, <laughs> is kind of timeless because the what he does is timeless. And he presented in such a calm and comforting way and his ability to reach. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm 53 years old at this point, and I'm thinking, I, I, I want to end the interview and go watch some Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, because well, it, we can come back and do it. Yeah, he was so he was so good. Yeah, yeah, and and every everything that he did was was uh, was just special. I I think mm -hmm. that it, that there there is some merit to it, mm -hmm. and that's that's something that I think that that we can all learn from is is being able to sit back and just and just listen quietly. You know, right. and there's also a th something about you. T you can tell that he really cares about his audience. Yeah. And yeah. that could be something that's missing from a lot of things that are out there today who are just kind of out there, uh, shows that are just waving their hands and screaming out loud, just, but not really caring who yeah. watches. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a very easy thing to do to get someone's attention on stage. You know, when, when you break it with, with some exclamation point, mm -hmm. right. But I've found actually the other way. Um, since then, I also do a lot of a lot of coaching within within school band programs. Mm -hmm. Going the other way with that silence, you know, and and I always make a joke of it, you know, like how how awkward does this feel feel to everybody <laughs> when I don't say anything for five seconds? Mm -hmm. And Larry, I tell you, you, you know this by second two point five, yep. kids start looking around like, uh, you know, and even some adults, right? So I, I think there's there's really something to that of of the pacing of that show. What I learned in in that particular building that program was that one you can't well certainly can't play for 40 minutes straight without taking the horn off your face. Mm -hmm. But mixing that in with the pacing of of this is where the important points are going to be mm -hmm. of of like the human side, the music side. Here's the fun time, the more exciting, flashy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, fireworks type stuff. And then here's where almost more meditative, mm -hmm. but for a very short amount of time, because you know, that we're not used to doing more than uh, 15 seconds of just like calm, chill. Right. And that's coming from a guy that's generally over caffeinated. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe it's a lesson just for me. I don't know, but, 
Um, now I, I, I enjoy those and I, you know, quite frankly, I haven't done, done those for, for quite some time and I miss it. So that's, yeah. uh, I, I guess I just prompted myself. So thank you for that, Larry, oh, to do know. round two. But, um, yeah, so that's, that was the following the, the, the DMA side of wrapping in kind of what I, what I grew up watching uh-huh. with the Canadian brass uh-huh. is that you, you look at the old, uh, the old programs of, of any big, very successful, uh, ensemble. Mm-hmm. Right, especially pops oriented, there's a, a definite pacing, right? And I don't, I don't know if the Canadian brass really meant to do it necessarily. They weren't purposely following those those structures, but what they figured out was that there is a a journey, if you will, that 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 um, the pacing of it has everything to do with the reception. Absolutely. Right? There's a, well, so, and that's and that's any age. While we're on brass groups, uh, I think that's one reason the nozzle brass. Uh, excels at what they do is uh, the pacing. I mean, they're they're you're on a journey. There are times where you're watching the show and you realize nobody's playing. Yeah. You know, they're they're yeah. acting through something. But somebody is is some genius is working with them uh, and helping them design a show, uh, and that's with intent. I mean, you're talking about uh, early Canadian brass doing it. Maybe not <laughs> uh, not unconsciously um but subconsciously mm. approaching yep. it that way yeah um and you know that's that's something that i think that a lot of brass groups that are that are getting going today um it's it's easy to look at at the successful ones as they are now mm-hmm. right and also forgetting that they they too were on their own a different part of their journey yeah right um, that sounds, you know, very meditative, all that stuff. But I, I, I do believe that, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's even more important to show, uh, to also figure out where they weren't as successful mm-hmm. and what did they learn? Why is it that they, they, they got to this point? Because they're also paying attention to the quote unquote failures or the results that they weren't intending, if you will. Right? Aren't those just as valuable as Absolutely. the successful aspects of things? I mean, absolutely. How do you know what's right unless you can recognize what's wrong? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go from the from the other side, you know, uh-huh. and and it's easy to bask in the in the yeah, I did everything right, did it perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And I I think the, even going into auditions, that's where that that idea can get you into trouble, right? You know, the the internal game of of the, the dialogue with yourself while you're playing very very dangerous of, of well you have this idea of what it can be and what it should be wait a minute versus, are, well now <laughs> are you saying you also have that that little voice in your head of crippling self-doubt <laughs> does, oh, does every Larry. trumpet player get a, a a dose of that at some point in their career you know i uh, well I'm, you you know the answer to that but i think the 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 <laughs> yes, I the i Oh, and I'm not commenting on you. I'm saying from 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 my perspective, absolutely. And and the the word that you use is crippling, Larry. There there are times where and and I I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to because I think people need to hear it. There were there were times where I genuinely you know we joke about throwing the trumpet out the window. Oh yeah. Right? There was times where I actually did. No, I was kidding. Um, but where I wanted to actually put it down. Yeah. Right. And and I I I said you know you win. There's that the dizzy quote about trumpet always wins. Oh yeah. I, I truly felt that. And that, I think if we're only paying attention to that part, that, that can actually let it win. And then we're left with such a negative experience of, of what we compare to mm. around us. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and, and YouTube and especially the kind of that, that flashy fireworks thing, what we see on, on social media, um, we don't see the same doubt from, from our favorite artists, the same internal stuff that they've learned to either quiet or, or redirect where they can focus on what they do. Right. But I think everybody feels that cause we're all human. Yeah. You know? And, and, um, that, that crippling self doubt that, that can leave a mark where trumpet is music is music is supposed to be nice. You know, it's supposed, it's supposed to be fun. We get to play, but there's so much, what turns out to be garbage that creeps in because we let it. Yeah. Right. And that my, my way of dealing with that was um, one to seek out other other avenues that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I after the DMA, I had to go back and find the fun. Mm-hmm. Right. 
is that you know, if you're playing for an audience of you know like elementary school kids, that's before you know playing a playing a musical instrument isn't isn't cool anymore, right? They 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 don't understand that concept quite right. yet. Right. <laughs> they the, before they start listening to the, the the kids that don't have a high self worth, right, or an idea of a, that they have a higher self worth and self esteem, but they have to bring everybody else down, right? Yep. So I, I was like, okay, this is a great place to start because they're also going to let me know what works and really let me know what doesn't yeah. perfect. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of us have a really tough time uh, facing that and saying, okay, I learn from this and I'm going to change the approach. It's uh, just because of one quote unquote bad, or it didn't go how I expected. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would love to sound like Dr. Sevenson every time I play, but yeah, <laughs> okay. wouldn't we all right now? It's funny yeah. that you say that because while we're talking about uh, this crippling self-doubt, you know, I'm thinking there's a difference between, or there can be a difference between that crippling self-doubt and just being nervous. And Ooh, yeah. Doc yeah. still talks about every time he steps on stage, there he's nervous. And he, he said early on, he just decided, you know what, if this, he, he kind of anthropomorphized, did I say that correctly? Um, then he goes, well, anything you say is correct, Larry. It's anything. Well, it becomes a new word. Uh, and this is another reason my wife calls me vocabulary. Because I create new words, right? <laughs> the new superhero. I love it. Vocabulary. <laughs> um, uh, where was I headed with that? Oh, he's talking about nerves. He goes, Look, if it's going to be here, I might as well invite it on stage and be part of the performance. You That's know, beautiful. So Doc has, has found a way to embrace uh, nerves. And uh, at ITG a couple of weeks ago, I, I got to interview <clears throat> Sergei uh, Nikarikov. And Sergey, believe it or not, and, and he admits this, I'm not giving away anything. He says, I get so nervous every time I step on stage. And, yeah. you know, I think it's a, it's a lot for some of us to look at and think, are you kidding? You're the trumpet god, right? You know, uh, but he's he's also a self-proclaimed intro, uh, introvert. And he says he just kind of puts himself in a bubble when he steps out there. You know, the, so there are people at every um you've got these superstars that endure the same thing well an interesting point you know because every we are all humans we have more in common than we than we don't but i think we all we all also respond to those those um ideas differently too so one of the things that i that i found really helpful not only for myself but for for uh really anybody who's, who's stepping in front of what we perceive as a life-threatening situation right mm-hmm. um on stage now i think it it became clear to me that that um i've done a, a lot of reading on this and i'm no expert but i i think it's it's, it's very interesting that how we respond to these things right mm. so what i found is that the body can't tell the difference between being nervous or being excited mm-hmm. right so they show up the same Right. How so we, we, right. Physiologically, they, they, they manifest itself in the same way. Now, <laughs> sure, there are minor differences, but we perceive it as the same thing. So when a student comes to me and, and says, I'm, I'm getting so nervous, what, what do I do? I said, are you, are you, are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you excited about playing? He's like, well, yeah. I said, they feel the same. <laughs> so, so keep in mind, you, you might not be actually quote unquote nervous thinking that the world is falling apart around you, that, that it's going to crash and burn. You might just be excited to get out there. Right. So there's, or a combination thereof. Yeah. Right. So nervous uh, nerves are, are not a bad thing. I don't believe. Right. One that lets us know that we care. Mm. <laughs> right. And uh, right. There's, there's that, not, not that we didn't know that, but, you know, there's it, it can actually be a useful thing, yeah. as, as Doc was saying. And, and I think that it's it's something that that if we if we run from. Then we're not actually doing anybody a service, especially our audience members, mm-hmm. you know, because we have this perception that, that it's going to be, you know, throwing tomatoes at us. I don't know who anybody who's ever done that, you know, like when, I kind of wish wish we could go back to a time where it's like, man, I got a tomato thrown on my head. It was awesome. You know? um, yeah. I say that now, of course. Yeah. But um, well, next no, time I, I, I see don't... you live in performance, I know what I'm bringing with me. <laughs> Fetch me in my red pants. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that it's uh, being nervous on stage is also OK. 
right? And and it's and it's something that's usable. And I think to to, to remember that the greats just have a lot more experience mm-hmm. of redirecting their focus, mm-hmm. you know, and saying like I I I love it. I you know I I, I think in in a way um, we live for that that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. thrill seeking in our own way, you know, without the actual physical danger. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those things that can really separate you from a really bland performance of, of, you know, <laughs> perfect notiness mm-hmm. and just a really thrilling experience for everybody. So okay. that's my, that's my soapbox preaching on that. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the middle of the episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you with the support of Messina covers. They offer some standard and custom designs of trumpet bags, mouthpiece pouches, and more. And their customer service is excellent. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And now, back to the interview. Well, the, the brilliant soapbox. I'm, I'm glad you stood up on that one. That's that's a really good one. I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's interesting that you say uh, the, the nerves show that we really care. I've never mm-hmm. thought about it in those terms before but you're right i mean if you're totally apathetic i mean uh, is it sociopath or uh, psychopath uh you know somebody who doesn't uh, have the ability to empathize Um, yeah yep i don't know though well first of all they might you know go out and kill the entire audience uh if they're that (laughs) um or or manipulate or manipulate it's it doesn't even have to be in a uh in a violent sense, there are plenty of, of pe- people in, in the world that have sociopathic or, or uh, psychopathic tendencies without actually murdering anybody. Yeah. That's a scary thought, right? Yeah, anyway, yes. back to trumpet playing. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of killing on stage, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, well, I have to say, I really appreciate what you, what you just said. Uh, and it's a matter of perspective, you know, thinking, are you nervous or are you excited? And yeah. Uh, I'm thinking again. I kind of want to end the interview and go practice right now, so <laughs> I could. And I'm <laughs> totally joking about and ending the interview. I think, I think you know that. But um, why? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, Aaron, this is this is fantastic. Um, I, I I almost forgot. I'm supposed to tell you, c- congratulations on getting engaged. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, That's I, very I, recent. I am- that's fairly recent. Yeah. May 20th. Um, I, <laughs> so I, I have a lovely, lovely fiance. She's a, she's a violinist and, and she actually puts <laughs> up with, with, with trumpet players. It's, it's great, you know, uh, but anyway, so, um, now we, we met actually, uh, I hope you don't mind my kind of hijacking the story for a second here, but well, my, the first time I got to play cantata 51, oh. right. I, I, I met, I met her and, uh, this concert master for the, for that particular one. And, you know, there's, there's just something, right. And, and so I, I, I fell in love and here we are. But, um, now I, I went to, I, I not actually met her, her entire family. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I figured, okay, so th- this is, uh, it's time for me to, 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 to do the big boy thing and, 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 uh, ask a very important question. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you do it in that voice? I did not do the Rocky voice. Okay, I, I really wanted to. I really wanted to take her to the zoo. And for those of you who have seen Rocky okay. too, uh, that that whole film series has been instrumental in in my development as a oh. human being. But uh, go to the zoo, go to the tiger cage. It's like, hey, oh, tiger, you invited too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now I. I it was my first time going to Korea, and of course we we, we played a concert uh, together. And actually, she was playing recital. I got to 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 play a couple tunes on her uh-huh. recital, so that was fun. Now I can say I played in Korea. Yeah, that's terrific. But um, anyway, so that that was you were talking about nervous man. I, you know, I've had the good fortune of being able to play, you know, internationally and all that stuff, and 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 doing doing okay job. But I was by far more more <laughs> nervous, and and asking her parents. Um, uh, permission, but you know, kind of having that talk with them in my no, poor Korean. You weren't nervous; you were excited. <laughs> I was very excited. Yes. I was very excited, <laughs> and it was. It, and you know, we, we think about these things. It's, it's you know, you 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 expose yourself to enough of those situations on stage yeah. that you learn to to know what's how you know, kind of predict how you're going to feel, mm-hmm. 
and you can work around that. It's not like I'm asking, you know, someone to marry me every other day. So I don't have that much experience in it, you know? So <laughs> to me, I, I, I was in fact nervous and excited mm-hmm. that, uh, that I got to do that. And, and, and of course there, the, there were a lot of, a lot of tears of joy that mm-hmm. is. And, uh, so anyway, I, I, I uh, I came back from Korea and engaged man and, uh, she'll be actually moving down here, um, to Sarasota mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. So we're going to get married this September. So oh my excited. gosh. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So I'm in the midst of wedding planning and, and all that stuff. It's, uh, yeah. it's, I should say like, yeah, I got to go warm up. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm planning a wedding. So do you know Dan <laughs> Gosling, the chop saver guy? Sure, sure. Uh, married a violinist. Noel is just, she's a beautiful person, amazing musician. And of course, uh, I think they got married the same year that Jenny and I did. And Jenny, my wife, is a violinist. And I, I think right it's on. a great combination. You, you couldn't have chosen a better instrument uh, to marry into. <laughs> oh, it's, I, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Oh, but, you know, they... We have to we have to applaud their patience with us now, don't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So uh, now the question uh, begs to be asked: Did you ask your dad to play trumpet voluntary at your, at your wedding? No, no, I would, I would, I would wish that on, on any of them. No, no. I, <laughs> you know, we we were that that was a, an interesting discussion because you know we we're we're fortunate. I know that you know you you're in this situation too. That we're fortunate to know a lot of really really good musicians. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and not to say like, no, I don't want to exclude, you know, anybody like that. We want to change things up because that's what, that's what we'd expect, right? To say like, yes. all of a sudden there's this, there's this like who's who of, of musicians there, but also not, they don't always want to play, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they like to do other things too. So um, now we, we're, we're working on, on that part mm-hmm. of, um, I, I think it's, it's just going to be organ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have have some friends play at the uh, at the reception if they would like. Yeah. So oh, you know, cool. figuring that that part. Getting yeah. married down in Florida. Down in Florida, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know, a little so, little different. Let's let's shift our focus that way. Um, so you can tell us about uh, what you're doing down there, teaching wise, voiceover. Let's start. Let's start with the teaching uh, aspect sure. of things. Uh, where are you, and what are you doing? So uh, I I am the trumpet instructor at State College of Florida, Manatee, Sarasota, a uh, small small college right outside of Sarasota, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have a, a small studio there that I work with. And um, and when I'm not there, I actually coach at a few different high schools in the area uh, as uh, for their band programs mm-hmm. and, and and teaching privately. So it's 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 great because every day is a different office. You know, um, mm-hmm. you never get that kind of uh, kind of stagnant, uh, like, well, I got to go to the, to the office. You know? um, <laughs> and it's and each each one is a, is a different challenge. Mm-hmm. You know? So the, the band programs are in various stages of either development or um, uh, just kind of working with a different group. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a that's a fun and, and different challenge that, uh, you know, you, you keeping keeping the, the, the lessons straight. Uh, from day to day is, is, right. a, is a fun one too, but uh, anyway, so that's what I, what I do uh, teaching wise and and um, on a kind of you know how's your day start sort of thing, and then uh, you know a small private studio that I have and you know this past year I was fortunate to be playing a lot so a lot of my teaching um, uh, was kind of uh, how do we fit this into <laughs> this this mm-hmm. block you know. Mm-hmm. So you have those times where there's, as a freelancer, you know, there's, there's a lot of work and then there's yep. not. Right? right. So, you know, and that's probably where the voiceover thing came in too, because I, you know, you, you figure out the other things that you're interested in, not just saying, well, we get to play. Well, this concert isn't that much fun. I'm going to make it fun, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, figuring out the other ways of the, the finances and all that. But right. I, uh, you know, I was playing a lot with the Sarasota Orchestra this past year, and I mm-hmm. even got to do Brandenburg this past December. No kidding. Uh, Brandenburg 2. Um, and, and you did it on natural trumpet, right? I, I did it on kazoo, actually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I want to hear that recording so badly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's groundbreaking, you know, truly groundbreaking yeah. performance <laughs> in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, that, that, was a, that was a fun experience. You know, I, there are a lot, and I think you, you, you know this too, is the path through college, um, you know, we, we were trained generally in one, one or two different directions. 
Sure. Right. So mm-hmm. we we the the ultimate seems to be the orchestra, which is great, and and, and the 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 music is is um, sublime, and, and and it's it's a wonderful experience that way. But I think that there are other other avenues that we need to be prepared to to deal with as freelancers, right? So you don't need to be a master of of all those, but you know certainly <laughs> good enough not to get fired, right? Exactly. So you know, before when I first moved down, I was doing pretty much. Um, Wait a minute, I had, uh, I, I'm, theaters. I'm, yeah. I'm going to pause Go you right there for just a second because yes. I, I have to I have to write that down. Good, I have to be good enough not to get fired. Um, that, that's my next T-shirt logo. I, I had to write that. Down. Okay, I'm so sorry. Please make sure put insert nervous chuckle here. You know that that, that needs to be there too. Okay, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I couldn't. Pass no, no, that no, one no. Up. It's fine. Yeah, good enough not to get fired. Now, uh, so that that was the the majority of my training was in this in the solo chamber and in orchestral realm, but I didn't grow up living and breathing to be you know the 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 next Bud Herseth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a very clear idea of, of how I wanted to sound. And, and, and that happens to work in more areas of music than not. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was very fortunate that way that, that I'm quite flexible in, in that regard. But anyway, so I, when I first moved down, I was doing uh, uh, music theater, a lot of music theater. Mm-hmm. And, and that was even before I came down from Illinois. Right. Mm-hmm. And this past year, it's been only, only. Uh, I shouldn't say only the vast majority yeah. has been the orchestral realm uh, in, in all seats of the section. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what we have this, this perception, uh, at least my observation, maybe it's just me. I don't know that, uh, you know, the principal trumpet, principal trumpet, it's the ultimate. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, you still leave the gig and you have to go to the next one. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be, to be working. So I think there's, there's a, um, the glorification of all that stuff is not something I wanted like burst anybody's bubble. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, yeah, that happened. And that was a lovely experience. Um, and it's, if you're fortunate enough to be sitting in the hot seat, um, enjoy it, mm-hmm. enjoy it because it's, it's, it is a truly, truly wonderful experience, but there's a lot more pressure. You know? Yes, there is coming. That's an odd thing coming from a guy who does a lot of solo work too. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know, there's so, a difference, right? Because as as the soloist, you you have this idea, it's an idea that you're completely in control, um, right. where you might not feel that way. Um, you know, you can't necessarily bend the will of every conductor, uh, Try bend, as we might. you know, to to your to your will in an orchestra. But uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, with you, I don't think you're the only one who thinks that that way. I think anybody who's been out there and sat in you know, the first, second, third, fourth offstage uh, chair in an orchestra uh, appreciates the difficulty of, yes, principal trumpet's a hot seat, but there are challenges uh, with every one of those positions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the responsibility, you know, every, every, the second trumpet is still a solo chair. You know, second violin, you've got 12 of them. You know, uh, third trumpet's another solo chair. It's just, you have a different role, but... You're the only third yep. trumpet. You're the only second trumpet in that regard. So right. I'm with you on that. And, 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 you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that um, I, I the, the other side of the realizations, the epiphanies that I've had last year, you know, um, that we, we have this idea that we're going to be playing or goal, what have you, but we're going to be playing with these really, really good bands and orchestras mm-hmm. and, and everything that we're going to, we're going to be doing is, is going to be, you know, highly televised and highly promoted and all that stuff. But, you know, where I started was, like I said before, playing school concerts, learning to entertain a group of kindergartners through high schoolers with musical merit and playing my best. Also playing solos with, with community bands or, or, and some were quite good, um, or uh, student ensembles, which if you can do that, what I found is that if you can do that, mm-hmm. when you have six different pitch centers, six different definitions of where beat one is, <laughs> right, and still make it through without yes. crying, um, yeah, no, and, and still keep it together and make and, and so that everybody has a really positive experience and not being up there saying like you need a lesson I me because I'm the I'm the I'm the greatest. No, if you if you go up there and 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 can hold it together and have a have a good positive experience that way, 
that is going to serve you better when you do get to the, the top ensembles because then you're just playing. You know, they just make it easy for you and they're responding to you and, and it ends up being more like chamber music, right? Yeah. Um, with that approach, at least the way that, that I look at it mm-hmm. and that that has been much more valuable to me of, of working my way up from the, the, the either younger ensembles or just enthusiasts. And that's, that's been actually, I have to tell you, the most fun solo experience I had uh, was, a, was a recent one playing with a, with a community band down here. And man, these people were so pumped. And like, you know, the average age of the, of the ensemble is like 72. Right. Oh my gosh. And you could, you could, you could tell there's a lot of experience. So some of these, some of these cats were, were, you know, they played in, in service bands, you know, right. for, they had careers in it right. and they're just playing now. So you can tell that there's, there's stuff behind it. Right. And they're, they're just enjoying, enjoying it so much and that, that you feed off that, right. When you're up there. And so that was a really, really valuable experience. You know, like no perfect, eh, you know, but you know, from, from the, the whole, is this going to be a, a studio album? No, but the the idea of it was like really, really positive live yeah. performance, you know, and and everybody loved it because I I think just because of that vibe, you know, so that that's an important thing to remember. That's really tough to keep track of those students that are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. You know, that's an important one. You know, kind of along that line. Uh, I know this is interviews about you, but uh, please, <laughs> I'm going I'm to throw this in. Um, I, I, I play with several regional orchestras and mm-hmm. sometimes colleagues in those orchestras, they are like, you know, they look at it as, well, it's only the podunk symphony, you know, why should uh, I care? And I'm thinking, you know, every patron no, no, that no. buys a ticket and walks through that door, that's, that may be the first experience for them with this group. Uh, it may be their, their hundredth or whatever, but you know, I never look at, it doesn't matter where I play. I look at it as I have a responsibility to the composer, the conductor, my colleagues, the audience to show up. It doesn't matter where you play. You have to bring it every single time. Yep. And I think otherwise, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, it's, it's, so I, I get frustrated um, when I come across a colleague like that and, and, I'll actually have a conversation with them, you know. So, you know, well, why do you feel you. why do you feel good that way? You. Well, I tell you, as you get older, your filter becomes uh you become less afraid <laughs> to start conversations or or say certain things and I'm I'm kind sure. of in that, <laughs> in that in that stage right now, but you know, oh, that's it's, such an important, it's, important thing. It it does become much more about us. Uh much sorry, much less about us. Uh, I think we have to to recognize that and Make sure that right. that audience gets what they're hoping and expecting. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what's do you have any big projects in front of you? What uh, what's I mean, of course, the wedding is it's a huge project, but uh, musically speaking, <laughs> uh, what's what's out in front of you? Well, I have a couple couple solo engagements coming up. Um, the first uh, in September first, I get to play a. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, an arrangement actually by, uh, by Lee Norris, um, who <laughs> it, this one hasn't been done quite some time and, and he, he re, re, rearranged it for, for me. Um, mm-hmm. I get to play with the Whiting Park uh, Festival Orchestra, um, Robert Vodnoy is the conductor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's, that'll be, that'll be a, it's a Gershwin medley. Um, oh, and so it, basically for this generation, a brand new, uh, arrangement mm-hmm. uh, has not been heard in, many 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 years or really in this form ever so i'm pretty excited about that i spent um uh, spent the 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 summer uh, putting that chart together mm-hmm. uh and uh, you know le- learning a lot from a professional orchestrator that's, a, that's that was pretty fun mm-hmm. and um non-musically aside i actually just finished uh narrating an audiobook uh just yesterday mm-hmm. so i am i am fresh off of that i'm i'm on vocal rest today um but i uh <laughs> Now, <laughs> that in its, that in itself, I, I have not uh, had the privilege of doing uh, something as long form as this, you know. So yeah. if any of you want to feel like listening to Aaron Rom talk for eleven hours straight, uh, <laughs> um, the the book is entitled Cascadia Fallen Tomas Hammer. And, and um, so, anyway. did you use a, 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 your own voice, or were you supposed to be in character as you read through that? 
in character, in character. I, I think I could have done it as, as, as a straight read, but mm-hmm. hey, you know, we grew up with cartoons mm-hmm. and Ren and Stimpy, you know, so of course I'm going to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. doing voices, you know. No, no Christopher Walken impersonations, sadly, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe next time. Oh, that would be Frankenstein never scared me. But, yeah. you know, so we'll, we'll, that's, that's for the next time. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that, that was, that was fun. And, and musically, we have, uh, the trio. Uh, we, uh, mom, dad, and I get to travel to Brazil in October, uh, for the, uh, for the Brazil, uh, Jazz Trumpet Festival. Uh, Bruno Garcia puts that together every year. And, and, you know, the, I'm, I, I personally am not known as a jazz player. Yes. Right. I, I can work my way through and, and you know when I play with play with some some ensembles, these, these you know cats hear me and they're like, "Man, do you ever do you ever play with any any groups?" So it's like you know I I play enough to get myself into trouble. Yeah. You know. Um. So, so <laughs> now I I'm I'm really looking forward to that and and that's uh, that's sponsored by by Warburton and as a Warburton artist I you know it's it's a real privilege to be able to to do that. You know so if I'm you hadn't brought it up I was going to make sure that we got Warburton mentioned in this of course. Yes. You know, yes. Got to get that yes. shameless plug. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> for oh, I, I, to, yeah. I apologize to Terry that it took me. I'm looking at the the counter here. It took me 54 minutes and 32 seconds to bring that up. So Terry, <laughs> sorry about that. But well, uh, and I have to tell I, you, I, I met Terry uh, for the first time at this past ITG, and he, I was in the, the Warburton room, and we actually had a lengthy conversation. And Terry's another cancer survivor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And boy, what uh, the ordeal that he went through! Unbelievable. Uh, but thank goodness he's on the other side of things. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and so. and there's something to be said certainly about medical care, but also mindset. Yeah. Um, Terry is is, uh, is one of those guys that that uh, you can't can't take him down no yeah. matter how hard you try. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. And and as as a mentor to me. Um, uh, to tell the story that, that at the time when I when I first met him, yeah, you know, I grew up playing the Canadian brass line of mouthpieces, uh-huh. my dad's design, and I I had gone back to it sometime in college because I was doing a lot of quintet playing and and, and all that, and um, <laughs> surprise surprise, and um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I was I was playing that equipment and and you know it, at the time I realized that parts of it you know it's a great it's a great system and and but parts that I need to do it just for me. Sure. Right? And I, I, without realizing it, I went into a slump and I, that was one of those situations where I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know if this was something I wanted to, to kind of fight through or not. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, dad says, go, go talk to Terry and figure out, figure out something. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first time meeting him, right? <laughs> you know, kind of hit it off as, as, as Terry does. And, uh, it's just very, very easy to talk to and mm-hmm. obviously, uh, knowledgeable, uh, yeah. basically revolutionize the whole thing. And, um, but he's talking as, as, as treating people as family. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, that was a really special thing. So anyway, you know, I, I was, I was very close to throwing the trumpet out the window being, being done, not at the, the, the factory, of course, but, uh, no, he, he and his team, uh, Ken Titmus at the, at the factory, they, they helped me find find some things there that didn't fix everything that's the please don't misunderstand it's not the equipment that that, that fixed it but offered right. hope right it offered hope that it's like wait a second i i can actually play the instrument mm-hmm. i can actually make the music that i that i that i feel and i hear mm-hmm. um and this you have allowed me to do that mm-hmm. you know so in in large part they've they have treated me like family and they they had no reason to you know yeah. Um, they they just did that because that's the type of people that they are, you know. And there are plenty of people out there that try and take advantage of those situations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But um, I, they, I, I'm sure that, and rightfully so, they they shouldn't have patience for for that. But they, um, yeah. Yeah, but I think that speaks have, not have, just to the quality of Terry, but the quality of the company. Um, yes. And of course, their quality products as well. And and I'll throw this not a shameless plug for Shires, but it's one reason I enjoy my affiliation with Eastman and Shires is yep. not just are they great products, but they're great people. And it's, yep. you know, why would they want to bring me into their family? You know, but, you know, I'm treated like, uh, I wouldn't say royalty, you know, but I'm, I'm treated very, very well uh, yeah. by that company. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, what, what a lovely thing. And, and the, the uh, forgive me for sounding like a conspiracy theorist, like the age of automation, which is a good thing. Yes. Don't get me wrong. 
but where you can actually communicate with someone that that understands where you're coming from and they they want to help you because it's also mutually beneficial right right yes, yes. You know, not only for the company but for them as people knowing that what their their work is influencing positively someone out there right so i know that that warburton has been doing that for for quite some time but i'm i'm just you know as my like me really you know and and, yeah. and then now i say like well, it, I'm I'm offering something different than everybody else, you know. So that's it's a really really exciting thing to to, to be the the only guy playing a you know in, in the orchestra playing Warburton trumpet, you know. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a fun thing. You know, the brass players like, oh, what's what's that? It's a Warburton. Yeah. yeah. yeah always in that voice. Please make sure you always say it in All, in that voice. Always, yeah. always. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, now it's an exciting thing, and I, I really yeah. have, have enjoyed the the affiliation uh, the last few years very much. You know, and, and speaking of enjoying things, the the podcast interviews have been terrific. And oddly enough, in fact, this little conversation about equipment might be the most I've talked to anybody about equipment. Uh, ah, good. And good. it's not that I've tried to avoid it, but you know, I mean, we can all do the gear talk, uh, sure. you know, at some point. But I'm. I like finding out things like we found out today about Taekwondo. And uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to work on doing full splits and incorporating that into my playing. But, yet. You well, never yet, know, Larry. At least not. <laughs> at least not. It's not going to be public <laughs> knowledge. But yeah. So, um, man, Aaron, you're not old enough to, to be as wise as, as you are in all of this stuff. It just it blows me away. Um, uh, hey man, I'm going 33, going on, going on 70. So we're we're we're, Are you we're only all 33? good. Now. <laughs> I'm 33, oh my goodness. going on 70. So yeah. Oh, I, I now I, I I go ahead. Hey man, I, I've I've been fortunate to have good mentors, and and those that that care deeply about about me as a person and my my development. So it's it's not really man. I can't chalk it up to me, man. It's it's just yeah. that I listen. And, you know, when you listen to, to people that know what they're talking about, they, you, you tend to get better. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. And maybe that's my wife, why my wife keeps reminding me to, to listen. You know, it's like, maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll change at some point. <laughs> hey, I wanted to throw this out there. You mentioned going down to Brazil. Um, yep. When, uh, at this ITG a couple of weeks ago in Miami, I bought a week bought uh we had a week at an airbnb uh stephen campbell from ball state set it up and then he said look well i've got a couple other friends well it turns out bruno garcia was one of the other uh flatmates i had for the week awesome and uh as we're going through the week i'm realizing everybody knows bruno like everybody Hmm. knows bruno and i turned to him and i said bruno i need to interview you (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm nobody. And I'm thinking, you're not nobody. I mean, literally everybody knows you. He got called out from stage, uh, you know, one of the evening performances. And I'm thinking, holy cow. And, uh, but, yeah, I know he's doing some great things down in uh, uh, Sao Paulo. And uh, that's kind of cool, knowing that you're you're going to be down there as part of the jazz. Yeah. Uh, what did you say, Jazz Fest or Jazz Festival? Jazz festival, yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I I have to just one more point on 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 Bruno. You know, for those for those listening, um, there's there's a lot to be said about about setting those things up and networking in a way that, um, you know, you realized only later that Bruno knew everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you can, yeah, if you can, and and that's genuine. He that's he's he's not it's not in a way that's that's conniving or anything. He, right. That's genuine, and he and he wants is genuinely pumped about putting these things together. And, and yeah. obviously, hey, you you got um, a successful festival over the last yeah. few years. Like man, that 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 takes a lot of doing. So <laughs> the fact that he can do that, that's that says something to his character. Yeah, and his ability as as uh, networking, also as a trumpet player. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's an important point that we can all learn from. Absolutely. It's a pretty cool community to be a part of, isn't it? This whole trumpet, absolutely uh, trumpet thing. Absolutely, you know. Once once we uh, once we get past the uh, the uh, the high I'm better than you part, you know. <laughs> now I, you know, and I've actually been fortunate not to have to have to deal with that. That's mm-hmm. the interesting part. I think that we those the um, when when we talk about people as people, right? Yeah. And, and being inspired by by yeah. the great performances and the great people, it's it's yeah. a really lovely thing. Yeah. Aaron, I, I can't thank you enough 
uh, for the time today and uh, sharing everything you did. It's just, uh, it's been a treat. Even if I'm the only one that listens to this podcast, uh, which I don't. Hey, think I'm, I'm listening too, man. I'm listening too. Uh, thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me on. And it's a, it's a great honor for me to be able to do this. And I hope it's of, of some service to you and your listeners and, oh, yeah. and you know, anybody who's, who's pumped about trumpet and kind of moving forward with their, with yeah. their, their trumpeting. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you know. Oh, wait, let me, let me close this uh, formally and we'll keep going for just a second after that. So Aaron, again, thank you. Uh, best wishes for everything coming up, especially uh, with your wedding. What's your fiance's name? Her name is Sun Young. Sun Young. Sun Young Shin. Sun Young, yes. Well, terrific. Well, I wish uh, the both of you absolutely the best. And Thank uh, you so much. Cool. Thanks for oh, being you'll, here. You'll, you'll be hearing from us on uh, on the stage. We're working on some projects together. So oh, Trump and cool. violent, what are the odds, right? Yeah, yeah right. But anyway, <laughs> thank you again. Thank you again for having me on. It's, it's, a, it's a real treat. So thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to today's interview. I hope you enjoyed your time here, and please come back for more interviews. Be sure to share the news of this podcast with friends and colleagues and give me a rating on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Thanks again to Messina Covers for co-sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget that you too can be a supporter. Check out how at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl. And one more reminder that you can sign up to receive news via email regarding new episodes, merchandise, and more by going to palmusic.net and clicking on the subscribe to newsletter link. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back for more great interviews.